welcome to Live Your Own Way with me, Lucy Gleason Interiors, chatting homes, life and inspiration with my very special guests. while and I'm really happy to be back doing the podcast with my guest this time, interior blogger, stylist and digital creative Melanie Lissack. If you're here listening because you love good design and I'm guessing there's a good chance that you might be, then you'll already know of Melanie because not only does she have the best Instagram hub for learning anything you need to know about creating design hacks, making floral masterpieces both inside and out and lots of inspiration from her beautiful Georgian home, but she also has featured in many magazines such as Good Homes, Period Living and Real Homes and curates her own website where she also offers her styling and writing services. Hello, Melanie. How are you today? Hello. I'm very good. How are you? I'm, I'm fine. I'm uh, really glad to be talking to you because I've, I've known you quite a while now. I've met you in person, but obviously online too. So um, are you working on any projects this week? You know what? I'm actually just having a little bit of a break this week because I've had a really busy week. I've just um, finished doing my bathroom makeover, which was a partnership with um, Harlequin Wallpapers. Lovely. And that was quite an intense project because I like gutted the room. Um, the floor was out and everything. So after um, sort of a lot of DIY, I have to take a little break <laughs> to yeah. just get over it. So quite a week this week, just settling into autumn. So your life before in interior blogging and social media was in the music world, wasn't it, with EMI? So I'd love to start with a little timeline of how you got into that line of work and, of course, like what you studied before. Yeah, sure. So, oh, yes. Going back a few years now, I um, when I was a teenager, I was music mad. I mean, I still love music, but I'm not up to date with it like I used to be. And I just always wanted to just be involved with music and the music industry. And then um, I moved to London to go to university. I studied media communications. Um, and then when I left, I did a few odd jobs just trying to get my foot in the door. And I ended up finally getting a job at Universal where I worked. For about seven years before then moving on over to EMI um, at a later stage, I did a lot of well, dig, like digital download wasn't a thing then. It was just starting. So I, I worked, I was on the team that like launched iTunes in the UK with Universal. Um, and then at EMI, I was working very much on um, new release because everything was going digitally then over to, whereas everything used to go on like a bike over to Radio 1, things were being sent um, via, via files and we we're trying to do that in a way that was like really secure so it didn't get leaked. Um, so I was part of all of that really until, until my, it must have, well, going, my son's nearly nine. So when I was pregnant with him, that's when I left the music industry um, and then decided not to return. I felt that like that chapter of my life had finished. So yeah, so that was going back about nine, ten years ago now, which it feels crazy, really. But um, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, and do you ever miss that industry? You know what? I loved the music industry, but because my husband is also a musician and like knee deep in that industry, it's still so much a part of our lives. And to be honest, like going to all the gigs and stuff. I mean, I probably go to like two gigs a year now, whereas before I used to go out every night. So I just don't think my lifestyle suits it anymore. But um, yeah, exciting time, exciting, you know, industry to work, especially when everything was kind of changing. But also, you know, it's a bit of a slog as well, because, you know, I think for musicians and artists and record company, things have probably not changed for the better in terms of 
um, you know, unless you're a mega artist, it's not really, you don't get really a lot of reward for all your effort these days. So different, I think it's probably totally different now to when I worked there, but good fun at the time. So you mentioned your husband, Russell, isn't it? And he's in a band called Block Party. So you've got a space in your house, haven't you, where he's got his kind of music set up? Oh, yeah. Well, he's got his own, like, I call it his, his, like, room, which is, like, I just don't go in because it's full of wires and guitar pedals and everything else. So, yeah, he has his own space that doesn't really feature on my blog very often. Um, It's probably a poor guy. It's probably his own, like you know, own space to do, not have any cushions or vases or flowers or all the stuff that I put everywhere else. So, uh, yeah, he has his own allocated area in the house. It has to be done, doesn't it? Otherwise, you just have instruments everywhere. I find that very relatable, obviously, also being with someone who's in the music industry. Um, Do you think part of your being very good at DIY and everything comes from single parenting a lot when your husband's been touring and it makes you quite resilient, doesn't it? Oh my goodness. Yeah. When you're, when you're on your own, um, but I found that quite good because it allowed me the time to just, you know, when you just can crack on with stuff without someone kind of being in the way, you know, obviously when you're painting, you're like, no one touch anything, wet paint, don't come near it. Um, so obviously when he was away, I used to do a lot of stuff, but I don't really think it came from that. I think it come, I mean, my mum was really, really, um, like massively into like DIY and when we were younger we always used to watch all like the changing rooms and stuff and I, and I did all my own bedroom up off the back of that I used to have dark purple walls I upholstered my bed bed and like fake house skin I had tin foil all over the ceiling because I thought that was like a cool look um and yeah and she was always doing stuff so I used to watch what she was doing and then so I just kind of knew what to do and then when me and Russell kind of purchased our I mean I used to do stuff in rented places as well because I really feel like like your space is kind of like the clothes you wear you want it to to really represent you so when I in my 20s when I rented I always painted the walls even if you know I was only there for a year because I just felt it was like a reflection of me but when we first bought our first house and he was away that's when I like really went to town and things because you know, obviously buying first is so expensive and quickly realised that having trades to do stuff was so expensive. And also just like the creative outlet was like really fun. Um, Instagram stuff wasn't around then. So I wasn't documenting anything at that time. It's not until we moved to the house that we live in now that I started doing that. But it was just then that was my first sort of foray into DIY and decorating and, and you know, getting that kick out of doing something in my own house. Yeah, I totally get that. And obviously you did start blogging eventually. And um, I remember, I think it was 2016, wasn't it, that you started? Is that right? It was, yes. So that was literally the year that we, I think that was the year that we moved into this place. We left central London because we just had a baby and, you know, all the things that you, you, you know, a bit more of a quieter life. And we moved to this house where I live now in Essex. And um, obviously I'd left EMI. I had, you know, I wasn't working. I didn't have any money. And I was like, right, how am I, I going to furnish this place? What am I going to do? So I really, you know, I had, you know, I was on maternity leave. So I'm not going to say I had time on my hands because that's obviously completely false. But, you know, I had a bit of time in the day to kind of go out to places, reuse furniture places, upcycle stuff. Um, while Jackson was like having a nap. Um and then people come around saying, oh, how did you do this? How did you do that? And that was just when, like, Instagram was literally, there's still hardly anyone on it. Um, 
but I started getting involved a bit more on social media and then I started taking interest in other people that were blogging. Um, and that's when I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to start this blog up. And it was also, I mean, it was slightly a bit of therapy for me as well, if I'm completely honest, because mm. um, when Jackson was born, he had quite a few issues, but we were really trying to find a he was later diagnosed with autism but at that time we didn't know you know what earth was kind of going on he's really struggling with his eating um and that kind of became my sort of creative outlet and writing gave me a bit of you know just a bit of something that like not working anymore was giving me you know just having something to work on um so yeah I started then and then that's kind of when social media started to become a bit bigger and then I had quite a few opportunities come around and I've just taken it from there really yeah, and it's it's also a great way of connecting with like-minded people. Absolutely. Can I just say, I think that I remember very clearly um, that you kind of burst onto the scene, actually. You became sort of a, a strong presence very quickly. Oh. And I think that's because you had a, a, a strong identity and, and just people just liked you. You know, I think you, you have to be kind of likeable. <laughs> and, um, and also, the, the other thing I remember about you very distinctly um, you had this really nice jumpsuit and that was my first memory of you like wearing this really cool like navy jumpsuit oh, really? red and, and pattern on it but yeah just remember you having a really strong look oh that's good and I think that's important do you think it is important to have a strong identity online I think it's really important to be authentic and I think especially these days where social media is just there's so many people on it and there's so many people being content creators and then kind of wanting to start blogs and stuff I think it's really easy to see through the pool of people that are kind of creative, talented, can do stuff, have original ideas, and the people that kind of, you know, kind of think, well, I want to do this, so I'm going to kind of copy that idea. Do you know what I mean? It's very, I think it's so important to be really authentic to yourself, to who you are, even if that doesn't mean that you're like going to have loads of followers because it's not the like, on trend look you can't I mean when I first started on social everyone had like the fire rumble downpipe dark you know interiors and that was never really my bag and you know you could see accounts that would grow really really fast but, but I just don't see the point of being mainstream and I think also that comes from my like music industry thing as well like I was never into the bands that were going to be number one I was like the bands that I thought had real integrity um you know, slightly off, what's what was what, you know, off scale, that sort of thing. That's that's what I liked, and I think it's important to be like that. And I think those people that are like that um, are the ones that still kind of keep going and and have that kind of credibility um, and are more interesting. Is probably the right word that I should say because you know it's great to see what people are really all about. Yeah, you're just there because um, you're interested in what you're doing and you have a strong yeah. passion for it. And you have to be quite tenacious as well, yeah. don't you, really, you know? And oh, yeah, if you're not really into it, like, I see people do come and go in terms of writing blogs. It's like, cause blogging, as you know, it's hard, like, I mean, I say it's hard work. It's obviously not in the same as being, like, a nurse and those sort of jobs. But, you know, it takes a lot. It's not just a quick pick and then it's done. It's like, you've got to know SEO, you've got to know... Um, to do all your photos, to write it all up, spell check, you know, and you're a one person show, you know, you've not got a team like a magazine has of, of like someone who's going to check it through and like edit and you're literally doing it from scratch. And you're also doing the projects as well. You know, you're designing it, you're doing the DIY and then you're writing up all about it. So um, 
yeah you're collaborating aren't you so you might be trying to sort of make a client happy at the same time so yeah yeah all of that stuff so um yeah there is I think there's a lot more involved with a, with a blog than a, than a social media account but I think it's good to be really like multi-platform um you know to have a good social to have a good blog and, and, and all those sorts of things I think that that's you know that really shows your passion for for, for what you're writing about and and, and doing you're very good at updating your readers like I notice posts going out definitely at the weekend so how do you work efficiently to get all your posts out because as we were just saying there is a lot to think about isn't there do you know what I just my thing is is if I'm feeling it I'll do it so I'll have bursts of time where I'm like yeah I'm gonna do all this stuff (laughs) and and I'll do it but then I'll have other periods where I'm just like actually I'm just gonna step back for a couple of weeks you know I just I'm not really feeling inspired. I mean, it has to be inspired, like I'll have a bunch of flowers and I'll think, oh, yeah, so I'll do some content because it will look really pretty in the picture or there's something I want to do at home or I've seen you know, some fabulous designs. Um, it's, it's literally, but I have to be inspired to, to really do it. I definitely do do my blog every week. I really think it's important if someone signed up to keep that, reg- you know, the, one of the things that I really don't like is if someone sets up a blog and they'll blog what, like once or twice and then they won't touch it for six months because I just think, oh, well, it's not worth going back to. So I try to do my blog um, like every week. I'll try and write a blog post every week, if not every couple of weeks. And then um, for my social, you know, I always feel like I'm so inspired by like the sea. I like do a lot of stuff with florals. So I like the seasons, I like flowers and um you know, new releases, new trends, all of that. So that's what keeps me inspired and that's what, what makes me post. But I, I mean, I would definitely, I'm more than happy to take weeks out at a time because sometimes it can be quite hard to keep feeding the machine. Do you know what I, I mean? You know what I mean with that, just sort of having to keep putting stuff on. I, I just don't want to get to the point where I keep putting stuff up just to stay relevant. I think it's important to be inspired. Yeah, just being yourself. But also in a short space of time, you started winning awards and you've won four so far. So you've won Best Businesswoman in the Blogging Industry, Best Bloggers Voted by the Public, Best Blog Award, London Design Week, and Best DIY and Craft Blogs with the Amara Awards. So what what do awards mean to you and have, have they helped you along the way? I tell you what, the Amara Award was really helpful for me at the start because that really got me noticed by brands. Um, it was, yeah, it was quite, I mean, that was really early on that I got that. And, and when I look back now, I don't think that I was the most deserving category because um, because there was other, I was just started out and I look at some of the projects then, but when I asked the judges why they picked me, they said because it was a bit different. It was a bit more like trend-led interiors. So that, I guess, points to your question about being authentic um that's obviously that was why it got me the award because it was a bit different to the usual kind of I think everything was a bit more not so kind of design-led trend focused at that point with a lot of DIYs which is kind of not the case now there's a lot more of that around but um yeah that really flung me out um in front of, of brands who took notice of how I could use their products especially in like creative ways to um, create projects and so I got deals off the back of that award with brands like Gorilla Glue who I signed up to for a year and I did projects a lot of Ikea hacks and then that obviously got a bit more focus on me so that yeah that award really really worked and then the rest um, have just been really nice especially the ones that voted by the public because like I said I never really see myself as overly mainstream or 
like a big account, a big popular account. I've always kind of been, I think, a little bit more middle ground. So to have um, people vote for me was like, was so not, you know, I felt really honoured for that because, you know, that ta- that does take someone time to kind of read what you're doing and watch what you're doing and take the time to vote for you. So, so that was lovely. Yeah, it's also nice to know that the, the judging panel feel that too, isn't it? Because they sort of merge together to make that decision. So... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if everyone's, I mean, you have these things that are like, people think, oh, these are the best accounts, or this is the best, you know, it's all kind of everyone's own personal opinion. But, you know, I've always been thankful for the awards that that I've won. I've always been really great. I mean, I've always really grateful for anyone that reads my blog or clicks like on a social post. Um, You know, because it's just, it's just really nice to know that people appreciate what you're doing and what you're sharing. Yeah, definitely. It's nice to know people are taking the time out of their day to to want to come and see what you're up to, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So where do you see blogging going in the next five years then? Do you think it will stay the same or change? Because it's quite cyclical. You know what? I think, you know, everyone, there's been a little bit of a thing recently because obviously social's got so big and now we've got TikTok um, and then we've got Reels and Instagram where people are saying, oh, blogs are dead. People don't have the attention span to read a blog. And I think especially for interiors, that just isn't true. You know, for a lot of people, I think a social media post, it comes and it goes. And once it's gone, it's gone. That's it. And that's like you're like 24 to 48 hours of that. But I think with blogs, you know, it might be that someone's in the process of buying their first home um, and they, you know, it's only at that point where then they're ready, is it when they're ready to then seek out the information. And I think a lot of people will then go to, you know, You've got the internet. People put a search term in the internet. I mean, most of the traffic for my blog comes from Google search. It doesn't come from links off Instagram um, or Pinterest. So people are searching out, you know, what's the best bed to buy? You know, how, how do I fix like a damp patch on my ceiling? All these sorts of things. And that's what brings the traffic to your blog. And I also think that people are slightly getting a bit sick of the fast pace everything's so fast pace fast pace fast pace that I actually think that slowing down a bit and like reading a blog people are like refinding the joy in blogs so I mean I definitely think that blogging you know it's definitely not a dead entity in fact I think it's actually just going to become more and more popular and I don't think it's ever gone away into interiors because people like to read proper reviews see all the details um read about why you chose certain things over others or your tips and advice um so yeah I think I, I think it's I think it's really still valid absolutely I agree and I think you know you trust something if someone's taken time to write a whole absolutely. piece on it so what do you well, you just mentioned about fast-paced moving social media what do you think about reels do you do you find it kind of easy to do a lot or do you prefer just looking at images on Instagram um, I, I mean, I think there's definitely a place for reels. I find that actually that video content is sometimes a much better way to get across a project than a still. But for me, a still image is just, you know, you can't, you know, having that time to take in a beautiful still image. Um, and also, I'm not really a fan of like the really fast paced reels. So like, I'll enjoy reels from people that like I follow that I know. Um, do great projects and I'll watch those but if I'll just go on to like TikTok or, or like the just generic sort of search page I just don't find that very interesting something that's like super fast paced to just get everything in like four seconds to for real to be shown 
more times than it gets to the top of the algorithm, I just think it's like pretty boring. So I definitely think there's a place for reels. Um, and I really enjoy do like, I do enjoy making video content. I mean, still trying to find my feet because like a lot of people, it's quite new for me. Um, but I think a mix is is good. Like, but I mean, for me, I, I just always will love a still image of an interior because that way you can just really take in all the colours and all the design elements and like zoom in. So, um, yeah, a mix of both for me. Yeah, I know what you mean. I find if I watch, um, you know, videos, whatever, too much, especially early in the morning, my heart starts racing. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I just want to look at a picture. But there's also this fine line, I think, anyway, sometimes with influencing and like our private lives. I'm quite a private person and I kind of get the feeling that you are too. Oh, yeah. So do you have a cutoff point where you think, right, I don't want to share that? I actually had a bit of a, not a crisis, but something about this a little while ago because, um, as I mentioned, my son is autistic and I'd always kept my family out of my social media. For me, that's just not, I'm not interested in that kind of Kim Kardashian stuff where it's like warts and all. Um, just personally, really, as a person, I don't watch those programs. I have no interest in that. Um, but I always wanted to keep everything off. But then I actually was finding that maybe I should share more about Jackson and our life with him as having autism because a lot with hidden disabilities, you know, the words there is hidden. And I think it's really important. One of the, one, I think one of the best things of social media is that we have so much more of a range of people um, and access to those people. You know, before when it was just like, you know, the media dictated that you just had a white thin woman that did clothes. And now, these days we've got all people, different shapes, sizes, doing fashion. And I think in every sort of element of social, we should have different representation. And so I was really like, actually, maybe I should say more about our life of Jackson. So people, you know, understand. I mean, a lot of the time I have, like, he has ear defenders because he has sensory overload. So when we go to, like, to the supermarket um, and he'll wear his ear defenders because the noise is just too much for him, a lot of people say, oh, is he listening to music and stuff because they just don't understand. And so by me kind of having him more on my social and, you know, I think people were a bit more like, okay, maybe that child's got autism and this is the reason why he wears them. And just, you know, having that bit more of a, I don't want to say education, I, I don't want to, like, you know, say, say that I'm a cat that educates people because that's just not what I'm about. But, you know, I, I think maybe sharing a bit more of that. I mean, I, to be honest, I really don't share loads, but I'll do share a bit in my stories about our journey because, you know, I think it's, you know, like I said, representation and, and just putting it out there, I think maybe is something that I should do a bit more. But yeah, I am, I am torn between keeping my life private and, and sharing a bit more. So I'm just dipping my toe now and again, I think. Well, also, it's probably helped a lot of people, you know. It's made someone just feel like their life is, if they see, you know, stuff going on in yours or mine or, or whoever's, that more relatable, makes them feel feel okay. Yeah, I th I really don't want to be like someone that's part, because you know, I'm obviously, I'm very aware that I have, you know, thank, thanks to Russell being like having like a good successful career. We live in a nice house you know, and I have nice things that I'm putting out on the internet. But, you know, that wasn't always my life. I'm a work, you know, working class background. My dad was a milkman. Um, I don't want to be putting stuff out there that's just like saying, oh, my perfect life with my perfect, you know, I've got difficulties in my life like everyone does. Um, and I think it's important, you know, to, like I said, to try and share like our artistic journey as parents of autistic child. So, 
at the same time, I'm obviously my account started as a creative outlet and I, and I kind of do like to kind of keep to my niche a little bit. So, so what have been the real highs and lows for you? Have there been any moments where you've kind of gone, wow? Um, I mean, just the like opportunities, I think, to work with some brands that I absolutely love has been the main thing um, and just attend really nice events um and just write you know I've written for brands like Marks and Spencer and like have all of those sorts of things featured I think that's been really great because you know I love interiors and I love design and I love all these things and to ha- and to you know be involved in that and be part of that industry is really rewarding for me if I'm honest I find it really rewarding um to be invited to go to these design shows. I went to Decorex on Monday as a guest of Orac Decor and, you know, just see everything. I just, it's been fantastic. So, yeah, the opportunities have been have been great. And then just having my own little corner on the internet as well, um, it's just really nice. I just enjoy it. Well, I, I love lots of your collaborations, but some of my favourites have been your IKEA hacks, you know, where... Oh, yeah. You've, I mean, you've had a lot of attention from them, haven't you? Yeah. So the first one, I think the first one that got like massive attention was this um, drinks cabinet hack. So as there was a lot of really popular at that time. I think it was a few years ago now for like drinks cabinets. And I was seeing them pop up all on like anthropology and stuff. But they were like so expensive. So I was like, oh, I'm going to hack one. Um, and it turned out really well, um, and it got a lot. I did get a lot of press off the back of that, and a lot of attention. And I know loads of. And it's been what's really great is when people send me like their versions of what they've done because everyone like changes it a little bit. You know, it's a different color or a different thing, but ju- it just opened up that possibility to them um, that they could get the correct same look on like a much lower, you know, for a much lower price point. So I really enjoy people like sending me like their versions of what they've done. Um, and yeah, I've done a bookcase and and I did one this year as well, which was like a, with a marble top, which was like a sideboard. Um, that's beautiful, beautiful colour. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's lovely. That's a Benjamin Moore colour, actually. It was the first time I'd used Benjamin Moore paint and like, it was really lovely to use. So um, yeah, I do really, really enjoy them. I mean, I mean it, again, they're something that wasn't really a big thing when I was kind of starting doing them, but now they're kind of all over the place but I love an Ikea hack because I really think you know furniture is expensive and sometimes you don't have the money for that but you want something you know a bit on trend and fun and they're really fun to do I really love it so and you only you know it's you know your imagination but maybe a blogger or someone on Instagram can just start off that point of your imagination to show you what's possible yeah which are your favorite kind of paints to use by the way do you have any brands that you like the most so I mean I've always loved fur and ball for their just the colors and the finish I think I've never been a fan of color matching I always think that that depth of pigment um is worth paying for I love paint paper library at the moment I feel like their paint is such good quality um but you know what? There's so many brands around now, don't you find the the before like that are coming out everywhere um, and doing different. So like you've got Yes Colors that do loads of vibrant colors, and I talk to Coat Paints at Decorex, and they're very much about the sustainability element. Graphistone, who are incredible, who actually like are like such eco-friendly brand that their paint sucks up CO2 out the air. All of those paint that paint stuff 
I love, I think it's so interesting because I'm such a huge fan of paint. It's the best way to transform something. Like a tin of paint will just make something look so different. So I would definitely say I'm quite the paint geek. Um, so, yeah, I love using all different types of like paint brands. I have loads of different types in my house. Um, but I really think like good quality for me. I'm loving the fact that the minute that um, brands like Paint Paper Library and like Benjamin are building in primers to their paints which just takes so much time off, like if you're doing woodwork, not actually having to do like two coats of primer and then two coats of paint on top. Um, I'm loving the way things are developing to be more sustainable, to be more user-friendly. I just find it really fascinating. Your your styling career, yeah, you, know, you do a lot of styling. You've worked on some really good collaborations. What kind of spaces and projects do you love doing the most? I've done. Some, I mean, obviously, I'm always my styling stuff always started at home, and I was doing people would like brands would send me there products to style and shoot in my home but since then it's kind of you know it's really grown so I do a lot of stuff now I do a lot of seasonal stuff I've got to kind of been known for doing my kind of seasonal creations and I've been kind of going off and doing like places for holidays um and doing it all up for Christmas and taking all the photos for the brat for the companies and for the brands as well I've done a bit of set design which is really fun but like I mean it's so stressful because you have to do it all in one day um, yeah, I've been doing quite a lot of different stuff, actually. I did a couple of new build things where I just, like, did up a new build to make it not so, um, I mean, sterile is probably the right word, you know, with a new build. Um, I've done lots of different, yeah, styling stuff, and I really enjoy it, I have to say. I do love doing styling work. You were at Chelsea Harbour recently, weren't you? Um, and that was... Yes, so I was at Chelsea Harbour working with um, Villanova Fabrics, who are part of the Romo Group. Fantastic. Um, British band, band, brand, sorry. Um, and uh, I did some table styling for them. Basically, uh, we dressed the whole table made from their fabrics. So we had tablecloth from Villanova Fabrics, placemats, napkins, um, lampshades. And we just made, I just made up this uh, tablescape in their showroom for as part of Design Week so people could come and watch me create it. And also it just stayed there for a few days. And that was a really nice job as well just fantastic opportunities like that which would never have come about had I have not put myself out there and put myself online and, and with the blog and everything else so it's, it's been incredible yeah and how does it feel with when you're doing something live and all eyes on you I mean I'm all right with that to be honest I know a lot of people aren't but I, I've always been okay when, when I worked in the music industry I mean I did a lot of presentations and so I've, I've always been quite confident so it's not a problem for me. And also, as you can probably tell from this, I don't have love to go on and chat. So, um, yeah, all right. It's all right for me. I, I don't find, I don't mind it at all. Let's talk about your home anyway, which we mentioned earlier, which is Georgian, isn't it? It's very beautiful. Yes. So what changes have you made since you moved in and what drew you to the house initially? So my husband always jokes about this. When he first showed me the house, I was like, oh, no, I don't want to go and view it. I didn't want to go and view it. I mean, I just thought that it was like proportionally maybe a bit small because obviously even though it looks quite grand from the outside, the rooms in these houses actually can always be quite small. Um, but then as soon as we like drove up and like parked outside, we were like, yep, sold. <laughs> um, if you see my outside of my house on social media, it has got a lot. I'm so lucky to live in this place. It's got so much curb appeal. It's beautiful. Um, and then we went inside. It was really lovely as well. We haven't done, I didn't need anything structurally done, thank goodness, because we live on a tiny road on a hill and like it would be a nightmare to have a huge building project on it. 
But I mean, obviously, I've decorated every room. We've added like a raised deck in the garden and a garden room. Um, we've I've, we've I've now redone both the bathrooms. Um, and yeah, it looks a whole lot different from the estate agent pictures. Um, but yeah, it's mainly just been a lot of decor choices, really. So, but yeah, so it's, it's a lovely, it's a really lovely house, and the exterior of the house is really lovely. So I'm incredibly grateful every day to come home to this house. Yeah, I bet it's been featured in magazines, hasn't it? Like Good Homes and Period Living, and yes. and papers and blogs. So, which rooms do you find get shown the most? So I've got a lovely uh, living room with some arched doors that go off to a balcony. That has um, often been a favourite. To be honest, that's my next room that I'm going to be decorating because it's looking a little tired now and it needs a refresh. So that room has always done well. And um, I just did a home office last year with like a sort of slatted panelling on it. Um, and that's been really popular, actually. That was featured in like Domino, um, places like that. So. That's done really well for me. That was a real DIY job. Um, it was it was in a pretty bad state when I gutted it out. And then, yeah, those rooms done really well. Like I said, I've just done the bathroom, um, which was a collaboration with Harlequin, and that's gone down well. So I always like to keep – I always like to have at least one project on the go, I have to say. So um, just for my enjoyment. But, I mean, I'm not really someone that just does it if it doesn't need doing. It has to be – done but then I don't you find that with your house anyway especially when you've got kids things wear down very quickly <laughs> yeah by the time you feel like you've you know you've done the house that you have to almost start all over again yeah especially after lockdown we're all here for a lot of the time like that's why they need to do the bathroom it was like quite the disaster of everyone had like just been at home for so long so yeah there's always a project is it your forever home do you think no it's not a forever home I um Obviously, with Jackson, we feel that probably he'll probably need somewhere as he grows where he can still be with us, but be live a bit more independently. Um, so we definitely won't stay here forever. We're not moving yet, but it's definitely not our forever home. There'll definitely be something else for us later on. And we sometimes see the outside of your house too, which is very Instagrammable. We mentioned that a bit earlier with your beautiful wreaths and um, doorscapes and things during different seasons so flowers are obviously a real love of yours aren't they oh yes and that's what I was saying about inspiration they're probably one of the biggest things that inspire me for interiors just the colors the way the color because with flowers you know they grow all together and you can see the mix of colors and you think actually this bunch look beautiful together how can I translate that into my interior definitely did that with my home office and like um small bathroom makeover just the mix of like purples and just the way it all works together I love florals and I love seasonal decorating because I think it's like a really fun thing to do I mean we see all of these like immediate home makeovers I think a lot on Instagram but those things take a long time to do um but I think with seasonal decor you know it's just it can be a little bit fun it's no commitment and I you know and I love it I think I think it's really fun to do just flowers over the fireplace at Christmas uh, autumn wreaths, all of that is just just a lovely way to to add, add add something different to your home without having to spend a lot of money. Yeah, it's very inviting as well. Yeah. What are your, your favourite flowers to work with? Oh well, I can't. I'm very much like an English country garden person. I, I love um, sort of really soft palettes of like pinks and blues and purples, which is definitely reflected um, in my interior. So. Um, 
yeah, really striking flowers like agapanthers. Um, you know, I like, you know, obviously the Instagram flower of like peonies. I love tulips. I think especially in winter, they look really beautiful in a vase, just that crisp white on a, on a cold day. All sorts of flowers like that. But yeah, definitely the country flowers is, is, is my bag. And you even get up sometimes at four in the morning, don't you, to go to the flower market? Oh, yeah, I love doing that. <laughs> I know people think I'm mad. But I'll just drive into London, go to the flower market and then get back before everyone else wakes up. I think it's a lovely way to spend a morning just going in and seeing all the floral, all the florals and the smells um, and bringing home. I mean, the flower market, I go to New Covent Garden and they just have everything there that you wouldn't get anywhere else. And, and I just love to see the variety. Um bringing things home and making something up for the door or over the fireplace it's just a really enjoyable thing for me to do that's some serious commitment though getting up at that time <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your home is quite biophilic actually with your color palette and the florals. yeah I see it like that do you see it like that personally I don't because I think biophilic is definitely more kind of a lot of green and a lot of wood and I pretty much don't have a lot of that so much but I mean I know it's definitely about having a bit of a natural element what what was it that you why you think it does I think it's your color palette um very oh, really? sort of floral yeah because overall when I look at your Instagram feed I do just feel it is and it's very calming oh I have a, I do have a very kind of like definitely slightly more feminine uh taste i think of the things and like but i think a lot of that does come from the fl- the florals that i love so yeah definitely biophilic it's uh, related to the the florals like you say i think biophilic is definitely kind of passed around as using a lot of green and house plants uh, which i don't really do i'm much more of a florals person but yes i totally see where you're coming from there if we were to talk about seasonal types um which I love doing, you, I would definitely say you're a summer type. Oh, would you? Yeah, the the textiles that you use and the colours and very much so. It's lovely. It's really nice season. So um, I wanted to ask you some advice, actually, if that's okay. Um, So a couple of things. What is the quickest and most effective way to create a new look room on a budget? Say if I had, I don't know, between 200, 250 pounds or something, and I wanted to just do something up and just change the look, what would you do with that kind of budget? Paint is the absolute winner for that. I mean, and it doesn't have to be just paint it all one colour. You can do paint effects. You can paint the ceiling a different colour. Um, paint the woodwork a different colour. I, I mean, for me, paint is always the winner every time. But or if you don't want to do that much kind of like DIY work, then definitely like cushions. One, my bedroom is now a neutral colour. And then we recently had a neutral bed, which is quite different for me because my bed before was like lilac. Um, but it was this beautiful thick fabric and I was like no I want my bed made in that colour and what I do to change that room up is to have like big bed cushions and then I change the fabric on those and the bedroom looks completely different so I'll probably have about six cushions on there going from bigger to smaller three each side and then a throw and that totally changes the look of a room instantly so um, things like that. You made those didn't you? you did you make those? I do make bed cushions yes I mean, they're, um, again, and I'd made a lot in lockdown because it was nice kind of to sit and just sew. Um, but I do make bedrooms. I think they are quite, they're easier than people think, you know. Like, I mean, if you're not looking, for, I mean, mine aren't perfect. I'm not an expert sewer. But, you know, they're great for the bed where you're not just sitting on them all the time. They're more decorative, you know. So 
I do, it's just two squares of fabric, cut it out, sew it together, add a zip, no problem. So what tips, here's my other question, what tips would you give to someone wanting to give the social media world a go and thinking, oh, do I start a blog? Which platforms? What advice would you give? I would say make sure that you're, you really want to do this, that you you love it if you've, you know, you've got doing stuff all the time in your house. If you do, you know, if you've got that real passion, you'll never run out of content. Um, so I would say have that passion um, and also go ma- make sure you're multi-platform. I, I do see so many people put all their, like suddenly have a really successful Instagram account and then don't put their content anywhere else. And the thing is, is that if that Instagram platform was just turned off because we don't own it, as soon as you put something on there, it doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to Instagram. If they decide to turn it off, all of that is gone. I like to have all my content over my blog, um, Pinterest. I have just started doing TikTok. Um, I do have Twitter as well and a Facebook. I don't spend as much because I don't find they're so visual. Um, so, yeah, make sure you are multi-platform and have a blog to own your content. You know, that's what you own. That That's your space on the Internet. Uploading stuff onto other people's platforms, they can do anything they want. So, um, yeah, if you're going to put all the time and effort and dedication into doing it, make sure you are multi-platform totally. Great, that's really good advice. And what's your TikTok handle? Do you know it off by heart? It's just Melanie Lissac Interiors. Totally not original. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's Lucy Gleason Interiors. Yeah, I find it works well. You know, if people search for you, they're going to search for your name. So Yeah, exactly. So what have you got coming up next then? What's happening for the rest of the year? Oh, so it's going to be Christmas, isn't it? You know it's going to be Christmas. I am currently planning what I'm going to do at Christmas. Last year I did a huge door all around um the front like a christmas door um which was all real um took me like two days i built the structure um so that was pretty intense and i think this year i'm going to take it back in the house and do something around the fireplace and i want to try and do something this year that's a bit like um shows two halves because obviously we're in this like cost of living crisis um to try and, and I find that when I've been doing some of these huge door things, like obviously I just did one for autumn, you know, how to show you can do it on a budget. So lots of foraging, what you should look out for when you can go in the forest and pick up stuff to then build something or something minimal and small, as well as doing something massive. Because, um, yeah, I want to do something for everyone, really. And that's what I'm looking to do this Christmas. So it was really nice talking to you. I really appreciate it and look forward to seeing what you're doing. If you'd like to see Melanie's interior posts, DIYs and styling and writing services, then head over to melanielissacinteriors.com. The before and after reveals are so good, you must check them out. Her Instagram is an aesthetic dream and you can find it at melanielissacinteriors and literally Google her name to find many of her brilliant collaborations. If you'd like to see what I've been up to with interior design recently, then as ever, I'm at www.lucylovesy.com and my Instagram is at lucygleasoninteriors. Do subscribe for more chats coming and in the meantime, have a good one.